you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. And realize that you that has won the victory for everything we go through, Lord, it's all about you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Just this, this morning before we start, I, I was when I was preparing this, I felt... There's a scripture for somebody here, and it might be someone online, or it might be someone in the building. But um, scripture is from one uh, Philippians 1, 6, and says, He who began a good work in you will continue until Jesus Christ returns. So if that's, you've been wondering what, maybe, maybe there's some, you've headed in the wrong direction. Maybe you've come up against a roadblock. Maybe you've ended up, separated or divorced and you think I'm on the wrong track how can God use me now well God's saying he who began a good work in you will continue it hasn't finished just because you've made a mistake just because you've taken a wrong turn it hasn't finished and uh, God is on your side and when you look at some of the examples in the Bible of people like David uh, and he committed adultery and then he went and murdered someone to cover up and God still was able to use David. Now, we'd be hard pushed to do worse than that, I think. But there is no limit. God is the God of a second chance. And not only a second chance, but a third and a fourth. And he, there isn't anything that is too hard for him. And uh, I just believe he wants to say, someone here this morning has been questioning, have they taken the wrong turn? Have they missed it? And we've got to spend the rest of their life just sort of filling in time. Well, God says, no, he who began a good work in you will continue to do that. So let's, let's tune in this morning. And if that's words for you, just, uh, just take encouragement from it that God wants to take you on. Last month, we, uh, we talked about a two-part series, um, Sit, Walk and Stand. And we got through the sit part. The sit part was listening to God, training our ear to hear. And uh, we had some videos of different frogs and the different sounds. And unless we spent time learning the differences, they all just sounded like a big noise, especially if you go out at night and there's about three or four varieties all croaking differently at the same time. So it's by spending time listening to each frog, you think, ah, there's a brown tree frog, there's a... Uh, whatever frog, a banjo frog, and, and they all sound different. And we can tune into those many voices that are calling us. But Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. We can learn to recognise his voice. But we're going on to talk about now walking with God. And they don't sort of, you don't sort of hear from God and, on one t- minute and then you walk with him another and then you stand with him. Another. It's sort of happening simultaneously. So uh, don't think you can't hear from God while you're walking. Um, because in fact that's not a bad time if you're out there walking to hear from God and, and he speaks to us and re- learn to recognise his voice but to walk with God simply means to move with him and embark on life's adventure and, uh, 
And God is taking us places and we're going places with him. And that's exciting. And we need to follow his call. And um, we need to discover and follow that assignment that he's got for us. And that, that's going to be different. It's going to look different for every one of us. Um, God has called us to, and, and that doesn't mean it doesn't change along the way. Sometimes you might start off uh, on, in one thing or one type of business and you end up another, or you might one job and another. Um, God, it doesn't say the same forever, but we need to be hearing from God and walking in it and being doers of his word. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. And to me, that scripture is one of the keys to walk by faith and not by sight. There's another scripture that says there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end of that way is death. And that's why we need to be hearing, because it doesn't always seem what the way we think we should go. Um, it's not always God's way. So that's when we walk by faith. We seek God for that word, and we seek that, um, and then we follow it. And it mightn't always seem right at the time. We think, I'm not sure whether this is the right way, but I really believe God told me to do it this way. And it's only down the track that we start to realise. I was reminded when I was looking at this many years ago, I think I must have been, I don't know, about 10. And um, I, at that stage, was going to the Uniting Church in, in Labors Hill and we had a visiting missionary, a missionary that had been um, working amongst Aboriginals out in, um, out in Central Australia. And he went hunting with an Aboriginal guy uh, one of the Aboriginal men, and they were dependent upon them to bring back some food for the whole family that day. So the Aboriginal guy said, if you follow me, just follow me exactly. This. He said, in that hollow over there, and you can't see them, but there's, there's a kangaroo, and if, if we can get up within range of it, we'll be able to get him, and we'll have our lunch. So anyway, they started off, and the Aboriginal guy started uh, making all these unusual um, motions and footsteps, and the missionary tried to follow. Well, he did follow for a while, and uh, he'd turn this way and that way, and he put his feet exactly where the Aboriginal put his feet. And as he went on, and uh, the Aboriginal guy who had very tough feet stood right on a prickle bush. And the missionary thought, the kangaroo won't know. I'm going to put mine to the side of this bush. And they kept going and, and, and he followed him perfectly well, except for the prickle bush. And when he got there, and they came over the hill, and this, this was a true story the guy's relating. He came over the hill and into this hollow and the kangaroo had gone. And he just looked at him and said, you didn't put your feet where I put mine, did you? And the lesson that he was bringing then, and it's never, and I've never forgotten it, was that it's so easy when... Jesus asked us to follow him to think that's just a little bit too hard. But, you know, the result will be different. God tells us to do things for a reason. And um, so we need to be listening, but we need to be obedient and following too. And um, Proverbs 3, says, 3 and 6 says, In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. He will make it plain if we submit to him. He will... And we can follow him. Galatians 5 and 25 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We can follow the Spirit and we can run ahead. I mean, God can say, I want you to do this and think, beauty, I'll go flat out. And he said, hang on a minute, I didn't say start yet. 
Um, or, you know, we need to keep in step. And uh, if we're not keeping in step, we'll either lag behind or we'll run ahead and we'll find out why, why didn't it work? Why? Sure, God told me to do this. Well, he, he probably did, but we're sort of way down the track and it's not ready or we're lagging behind and he wanted us to move. So it's, the scripture is playing on that, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Back in verse 16 of Galatians 5, it says, But I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the Spirit is against the flesh. So the things we want to do aren't necessarily the things God's leading us to do. And um, so we just need to remember, just because we feel like something, it's not necessarily what God's telling us. And um, so often... So often I, uh, the stuff on telly, especially these soapies and that, there's always this, this thing that really bugs me, especially when it comes to, to love and they're talking about, I, f I have feelings for this person. So they ditch the last one and go after the one they have feelings for. That is the most misleading thing you can do is just follow your feelings. And um, it's first with the... You know, there was a, another movie that talked about first with the head and then with the heart. You know, you know in your head the right sort of person, the one that's going the same places as you. After that, then your heart follows. Your feelings follow. Feelings follow the right thing to do. Um, they don't necessarily lead the right thing to do. Faith is an essential ingredient of God's plan and purpose. And... Um, Scripture says, Hebrews 11.6, without faith it's impossible to please God. And uh, that's because it relies on us trusting him and believing what he says. Because everyone comes to him must first believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Never be afraid to really seek God for answers. He rewards that. He wants us to be serious about seeking him. And... Uh, Romans 14 and 23 says, The man who has doubts, if he, I'll start it again, but the man who has doubts is condemned if he eats, because his eating is not of faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. So faith is about believing God and, and following that. And without believing God and trusting God, that is a sin because we're doing it under our own wisdom and our own strength. So are we taking steps to grow in our faith? A risk-taking faith is stepping out of the secure and stepping out of the un in, into an um, unknown environment. And um, we've got to look at whether our faith is in our wisdom or is it in God's leading. And that's often a challenge. We're a finite people. We're used to how we feel, we're used to how things that we see, but God's saying, learn to train that other sense, the spiritual sense, and listen to what he's, how he's leading us. And, um, you know, God, I, I don't know whether it's his sense of humour, he likes to vary things from the normal. He likes to do something different that we didn't expect. And um, we see even Jesus, when he sent Jesus, all Israel missed because he came in a way they weren't expecting. They weren't expecting the Messiah to end up 
in a cattle, in a cattle trough in a manger. And um, so they missed it. But um, let's not miss what God is doing in our lives because we assume of what he will do. Let's, let's be paying attention. And um, we see so many examples through Scripture from, um, from how Naaman was healed, the Syrian who had to dip in the Jordan seven times. And um, Naaman didn't want to do that. He says, we've got rivers as good as this. Why should I dip in it seven times? But it wasn't until he did the seventh time that he actually was healed of his leprosy. We see Jesus healing people so many different ways. The one, the one time that, that I think it, that would have appeared really weird, he, he spat on the ground, he rubbed mud in the guy's eyes that was blind, and then he could see. Do we copy and go around rubbing mud in everyone's eyes that's blind? But that was what Jesus did for this particular guy. God's going to meet us at a different point. Let's not just copy. Let's see what God wants us to do and be led. And, um, you know, the scripture talks about putting new wines in new wineskins. And the reason is the old wineskins were rigid. And if you put new wine in, they, they're still bubbling, they're still moving, and they would crack and split. But God wants to put his new wine in us. We've got to be supple and be prepared to move the way he leads us in. So living our destiny and uh, or walking in what God's in God's favour, we can walk out of it and we can walk our own way or we can simply repent and return to it. It's not complicated. When you find you're on the wrong track, just turn down the next track or turn back to go down the right track. God, I think God expects us to make some wrong turns in life and uh, it's not the end of the world. It's, uh, it's the beginning of realising we need God when we've made a wrong turn. And um, as long as our, our feet are on the rock, when Jesus talked about building on the rock and not on the sand, so that when we would be, we'd be still standing when the storms came. And he didn't say if the storms came, he said when the storms come. And uh, storms are going to come. And things we don't expect, it, all sorts of storms, there are going to be different storms for every one of us. But that's where our faith needs to be standing in Jesus. And he, in that scripture, he talks about those, those that um, hear his words and do them. That's the rock that he's talking about, obedience to his words. To have that, we need a clear vision and purpose. And um, Al Bernard said, at a, I remember many years ago at Hillsong when Al Bernard was speaking, he said, where there is no view of the future, there is no power in the present. And that is so true. The Bible says, without a vision, people perish. So if we want a purpose in our life, then we need to know what God is calling us to. We need that view of the future. And, uh, and that's where this adventure we are called to go on with, with God, that's, that adventure is to seek God for what that looks like so that we don't get sidetracked. Proverbs 4.27 says, Don't be sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. And 3.6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight, or he will direct your paths. So it's by seeking God that we can uncover God's plan. And um, 
if we focus on our calling on God's plan and we won't get distracted. There's a lot of things that come up in our lives like the parable Jesus said about the, the, the wheat that was sown and the weeds grew up and choked it out. We get weeds in our life, stuff that just chokes out the priorities that God's got for us and producing fruit. And um, those weeds might look like pretty flowers sometimes, but they are a distraction and they just choke out what God's really called us to do. And um, Philippians 3.13 says, Brothers, do not consider yourself, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But the one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead. There are times we just got to put back what is behind. Like we read in Philippians also that he who began a good work in us will continue to do that. But we put behind us what is behind us. Don't keep going back and thinking of all the mistakes we've made and how bad we've been. Let's just look to him and move on from there. Focused people don't live in the past. Focused people look to the rewards and not the difficulties. And we remember Jesus in Hebrews 12 and 2 said, the joy set before him as he went to the cross, he looked forward to what the cross would achieve to endure the cross. And the stuff we have to endure is only endured when we look forward to the other side of it coming out. Focused people choose their friends carefully and focused people are selective in where we spend our energy. We can waste our energy and that's where the weeds come in, I guess. We can waste our energy on so many things that are just a distraction. Just remember that as we follow Christ, the enemy has one goal and that's to make us ineffective. He came to steal, to kill and destroy. And, um, and that is where we need to get to the third point, and that is to stand. We have to stand our ground against the enemy. And um, we need to stand with God. We need to stand secure as Jesus as the foundation. And that's where um, that passage we mentioned before from Matthew 7 and 24, therefore, if anyone hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, he's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. Our foundation needs to be in Christ, and we will go through those storms. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And sadly, we, we do see people that, that look like they're going well with God, but then the whole thing caves in and uh, the whole life caves in because they were not following. They were not following and standing against the enemy. And um, scripture that really talks about standing is the Ephesians 6 one. Finally be, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And uh, verse 11, we read, Put on the full armour of God that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. Right through this passage from Ephesians, it talks about taking our stand. That's once we're walking, once we've sat and listened to God once we've walked and followed his plan for our lives, 
there is a time that we just have to stand and the enemy um, comes against us. For we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It hit me the other day that so often we think we, our battle is with, it might be with customers or suppliers or it might be with business or it might be with COVID or it might be with the government or it might be people that just get under your skin. But the scripture says our battle is not against people. It's not against flesh and blood. It's the powers and principalities of the unseen world. It's, it's the satanic things behind all that and the government or all these other things that might we think we're battling with are actually just used of the enemy. And um, the enemy is, is really behind all that. I'm getting tangled up in those leads here. <laughs> um, so there's the enemy behind all that probably tangling me up in these leads too. But often we forget that and uh, we realise that we need, in verse 13, Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. There's that word again, to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. So when you've done everything to stand, you still need to stand. Stand firm then, again, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness. There's been whole sermons written about all these pieces of armour but we won't go into all them now, except we know we need to put them on and stand with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith, which, is, which you can use to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Without, God, without faith, we cannot please God. Faith is the essential ingredient, not by sight, but it's not by what we see, but it's by faith. And to take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Knowing our salvation, that is one of the key things that Satan tries to hit us on the head with. That's why it's a helmet. We need to know we're saved through faith and not by works. No matter how many times we fall, we need to know that we're saved through faith and not by works. So we put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. And then 18, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. Prayer is a, a key weapon that we have. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So we need to stand in prayer, knowing who we are in Christ and standing on his promises. Stand when the storm is raging. Stand against the enemy. Resist the devil, and he will flee. James, James 4, 7 talks about um, resist the devil and he will flee. We need resist him when we stand against him. And um, the enemy is going to come after your family. The enemy is going to come after your business, your finances. We need to take dominion and realise that we can stand against that. And... Uh, you know, I, I, there's a passage, uh, and I didn't list it here, but from in Matthew, Matthew 16 and 23, when Jesus said to said to, sounded like he was talking to Peter. He said, when Peter was trying to stop him from going ahead, he said, 
And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. He had, and I thought, gee, that's a bit unfair. He, went, he called Peter Satan. But Jesus recognised it wasn't Peter saying it. It was Satan that was saying it, trying to prevent him going to the cross, trying to prevent him getting on with his ministry. And so Jesus spoke directly to Satan. Um, Peter, Peter just happened to be the mouthpiece for what Satan was trying to prevent um, Jesus from doing. And sometimes we need to realise that Satan is the mouthpiece behind things that we think um, we think are human or we think are, are things there. I remember learning all this some years ago and um, our farm was really going downhill in terms of income. The sheep prices were down, it was stuff was way beyond, way beyond our control. And I was praying about it up early one morning, pacing up and down in my office, and, um, and I, I just thought, God's given, God doesn't want us to go broke. He doesn't want the whole thing to fall over. What have we got? And the background of this was we had about 30 acres of pines and we tried to sell those and we had a contractor come in and took a big chunk of them and they went broke, so we got nothing out of it, just a big mess. And it just looked impossible. And we were surrounded by uh, forestry companies. We couldn't expand the farm to make it more profitable. And I remember praying specifically, and I said, Satan, get your hands off this farm. Get your hands off our finances. And, um, and I left it there. And I, it was... Literally the next day, I got a phone call from a company that said, I hear you've got some pines still. And I said, yep. And little, I didn't know that over in America, there was a spotted owl and they'd locked up all the pine forests. So these pine exporters were desperate for logs and we had a, a good high percentage of logs in our pine forest. We had 30 acres of pine, well... The guy that went broke had taken probably five or ten acres of them. But anyway, I said, yeah, well, I'm trying to act cool because I'm thinking I just bound Satan the day before to get his hands off our finances and then I get this call out of the blue the next day. Anyway, he came down and had a look and walked around and he was impressed and he said, I'll give you $25 a tonne for your logs. And... I also knew that God had told me they were worth $30. So I'm trying to act cool here and not panic and thinking, uh, yeah, I need 30 And he went away and I went away and never said a word. And I'm just, I've since learned that one of the best um, tools for negotiation is to not say anything. I didn't know how desperate he was, but he was desperate. Anyway, before the end of that night, I get a phone call saying, okay, we'll give you 30 so as it happened that um, they came and they logged them and I didn't realise the big job I had of cleaning up the mess. That's one lesson I learnt afterwards. But it was able to not only get us out of debt, we took the, the whole family um, on a holiday to North Queensland for a month and um, it, was, it was such an answer to prayer. But I, it, was just a, it wasn't a coincidence that I actually had to tell Satan Speak to him directly and say, get your hands off. And the lesson that I've learnt um, since then also, and on many occasions, that 
Sometimes you have to speak to the situation. And there's a great scripture uh, where Jesus said, I think I probably skipped it. In, in Matthew 18, 18, it says, I tell, you that, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus was telling us as disciples that we have that authority. We are able to bind things down here and they will be bound the, the, in the uh, spiritual realms. And it's the spiritual realms, as we saw back in Ephesians, we fight not against flesh and blood. We weren't fighting against even the markets. We were fighting against the enemy that was trying to prevent it. And um, sometimes it might sound weird. So you probably, if it sounds that weird, just get away by yourself. Nobody can hear you being weird. And tell Satan to get his hands off your business. Get his hands off your family. Get his hands off your finances. And claim that ground because that is what God has given you. And... Um, God has given it to you, then you need to claim it and stand on it. So we need to sit and listen. We need to walk and follow and we need to stand against the enemy. They all work together in our walk with God. And um, let's just pray and um, we'll pray before, as, the, as the band likes to, to get up. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just commit this time to you and if there are things, Lord, that you've put on our hearts and some standing and some praying that we need to do and some walking, Lord, I just pray that each one of us would just listen to you and follow you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And uh, Lord, I just pray that every single person that, that uh, calls out to you, Lord, that you can hear them and you will hear them and answer them. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys.